Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. It's Monday. We survived a weekend, or maybe we're trying to survive a Monday, whichever it might be. I want to share a message with you. I was uh, had done running, done some errands, and, and had to write a couple of estimates on a couple of hell cars, and I, I just my mind. You know, my mind kind of wanders all over the place from time to time. When it gets out by itself, it gets in a lot of trouble at times, and I, and I was just. Um, rambling with some thoughts and I was actually thinking about trying to put a message together just to something simple something really basic I mean Mondays are tough right I mean Mondays are hard I don't want to think on Monday Uh, but and so I thought you know God is so good have you really ever contemplated the goodness of God and I know there's a lot of scripture about that and that's kind of maybe where I thought I was headed but what crossed my mind, I was driving out of Perkins, I was headed home, and I crossed the Cimarron River Bridge. And if you ever know what the Cimarron River looks like, it's about ankle deep in most places. Um, it, it's not really a river, but it is a river. It's the Cimarron River. And as I crossed over the bridge, and you know, again, there's not much water, the, the old song that came to my mind was Deep and Wide. Well, that kind of got my mind twisted on how how good is God, how deep and how wide is his love for us. So I titled this message today, How Long, How Deep, and How Wide. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19, we find Paul praying that the people of God might know all they can of the fullness of the Lord. He wants them to be vessels filled with the Lord's power, filled with his presence, filled with his love, and filled with his glory. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 19 says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp How wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and how to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a powerful prayer. This is Paul's prayer over God's people that we would be filled to the full measure, the the measure of the fullness of God. This is only possible if we willingly yield our hearts, our our vessels to him and allow him to flow into us until we are completely filled and overflowing with nothing but him. So how do we measure just how long, how deep, how wide is the love of Christ? Now, my mind, again, drifted off this old hymn. Maybe it's maybe something you learned in Sunday school or Kids Crusade or maybe a vacation Bible school or something. But it goes like this. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Plunge right in, lose your sin, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. And it keeps going, the same old thing. Everything today is measured by something. Either actual measurements or comparative measurements. For instance, 
An NBA basketball court's 94 feet long, it's 50 feet wide, and it's 10 feet high to the hoop. An Olympic-sized swimming pool is 50 meters long, 25 meters wide, and it's 2 meters deep. A 400-meter track, running track, it's 500 feet 5 inches long, it's 303 feet and 6 inches wide, and it has a lane depth of 4 feet each. How long, how deep, and how wide? We see measurements like this every day in our day-to-day lives. But how often do we stop to acknowledge the reason behind the measurement? There are a few instances in the Bible that God gives his people exact measurements for building structures. I find this very interesting. The first that we see is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 15, when God tells Noah to build a boat. And Noah's like, okay, what's a boat? But he gave him specific numbers for the building of the ark. It says this, Genesis 6, 15, this is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. I think Noah might have said the next question to God would be, right, so what's a cubit? Okay, God gives specific directions and measurements for the Ark of the Covenant. So in Exodus chapter 25, verse 10 through 11, he says to build it 2.5 cubits in length. That's 3.75 feet. He, he says to build it 1.5 cubits wide, which is 2.25 feet, or 1.5 cubits high, which is a foot and a half. Or I'm sorry, it's 2.5 again. Sorry about that. That's my, my incorrect math there. The Word of God goes on to give exact measurements for the features of the tabernacle in Exodus 25. In 1 Chronicles 28.19, he gives direct measurements, exact measurements for the temple in Jerusalem. And he also gives direct measurements for a new city in Ezekiel chapter 40 verse through 48. For centuries, we see God's presence and salvation represented in the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of Noah, and the tabernacle in the temple. God was precise about his presence on earth. If you look at the, the context of the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence stayed, that, that, that's very important, those measurements. God, God stayed right there. Was, it's like his presence on this earth had a precise measurement of where he was. And it was contained for specific people to encounter him. Not just anybody could go into the presence of the Lord. Not just anybody could enter the Holy of Holies. If they did, to be struck dead. They had to be perfectly clean. Uh, the, the, the priest that would go into the Holy of Holies, and they only went in once a year, if I, if I remember my history correctly, they had bells tied to the bottom of the hem of his garment, and he had to kind of dance going in there, and they had a rope tied to his ankle because if the if the bells stopped jingling, they knew he'd gotten dead. He wasn't who he was supposed to be when he went into the presence of God, and they had to drag him out. So there, there, there's significance about the, the, the measurements and the, the preciseness about how to get into God's presence in the Old Testament. But in this new heaven and this earth, we see the glory of God that can't be contained. It's just Revelation chapter 11, Luke's verse 15, it says that, Then the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom, the dominion, the rule of the world has, been, has become the kingdom of our Lord of his Christ, and he will reign forever. In Christ, we have an outbreaking of God's love for the encounter of the world. 
in, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, the, the day that Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross, the, the, the Bible depicts that the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. That, that veil was in the temple. It separated the Holy of Holies. It, it was the divider. And, and when that veil tore, the presence of God became accessible to his people. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19 reads again, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit has exploded our physical understanding of God's love and presence in our lives. As believers in Christ Jesus, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.17 says that, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. In Christ, there are no more confining measurements of God's presence. It can't be contained. There's no width, there's no length, there's no height, there's no depth of God's love that can even be measured. In verse 19, we know that we are filled to all measure, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. That's the amplified version of 19. I love that. And just when you think there is an idea of that measure, Paul goes on to say that it's going to, it's the, that he is going to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 in the amplified. It says now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Super abundantly, there's your new word, infinitely beyond our greatest prayer, our greatest hope, and our greatest dream, according to his power that is at work within us. I feel like what God is saying to me today is that whether knowingly or not, we have a tendency to put perimeters on God in his presence in our lives and maybe even around our lives. We've built these fences or walls that limit God's access. And if we limit God's access, it's going to limit his outflow through us. Think about this for a minute. In what ways have you allowed yourself to put God in a box? A box of your own understanding. A safety box, maybe. Only, only allowing so much. Where do you need God's love and his presence to break through in an immeasurable more kind of way in your life today? In your health? I could use that. In relationships? In your decisions? In your plans? In your finances? In your children? In your family? Where is it that you need God to break through immeasurably more? Through the practice of stillness and, and this meditation on God's word, we can, how we incredibly we can learn the, the big love, the, the biggest love that God is. Sit still, get quiet, and allow yourself to feel the love of God and let it rest in you. Let it rest on you. Listen 
for his still small voice. We, 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 we live in chaos. Our, our minds, our, our, our spirits are whirling constantly, trying to sort out the next thing, trying to figure out where we go next. What do we do now? God, I, I'm trying to trust you, but you know, God, help my unbelief. I believe, but, I, but help my unbelief. God, I need to do something. I need to fix this myself. I, I can't wait on you any longer. We're out of time. Sound familiar? It, it does to me because I've been here, done that. Listen, when we get still before God, when we meditate on his word, when we pray his word, find that place where you pray in your spirit language, that 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 that, that, that supernatural place where you allow the spirit of God to well up inside of you and you pray in your heavenly language, that, that the words that only God understands. He knows us. He knows our heart. He knows where we stand with him. We, we've got to find this place to where we get quiet before him and, and quit rambling and quit running our mouth so much and listen with our ears, the ears of our heart, to hear what he's wanting to say to us. Let me pray with you. Father God, we humbly come before you to thank you for being the God of all things, past, present, and future. Father, you have laid the foundations of the world and you continue to care about the minute intricacies of each of our futures. Lord, your love knows no bounds, yet you take the time to sit with each of us in intimacy. God, thank you for the way you love us, your people. Your love is in ways that are far beyond our understanding and far beyond our worthiness. Father God, we thank you for giving us a glimpse of your grandeur, a glimpse of your awe and wonder, so that we can rest in the fullness of your love, knowing that you want the best for each of us and that you're willing, if only we'd get still before you, if only we would seek you first, and then let all things in your kingdom come to pass the way you see it under your will. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit guiding and leading us. Let it bring peace on those who are in anxiety moments today. Let the anxiousness fall away. The God, they rest in your spirit even right now as we speak this. In Jesus' name we pray. So be it. Amen. Amen. May God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I, I hope this finds you uh, just in a place where you need to be today. Let God be God in your life. Seek him first. Get quiet in his presence. And believe and trust and know that he'll do everything in his power under his will for us. All we got to do is let him. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Please continue to follow along, praying over us, praying with us. Rhonda and I covet your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. If, if you want to give uh, to this ministry, it's easy to do. We have all of our giving links on our, on our website, www.livingnightoutdoors.com, L-I-V-I-N, outdoors.com. Uh, it's pinned right at the top of our Facebook page in our story. We would, we would greatly appreciate your financial support as we continue to seek out that which is lost so that it may be found. God bless you. Rhonda and I love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.